Grow in grace is going to be our theme for a little while here at Sparrow Baptist Church. 2 Peter 3 and verse 18. The Bible says in 2 Peter 3 and verse 18, but grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forever. Amen. Let's pray together. Father, I pray that you would bless this time together as we approach your word. God, I pray that you would fill us with your spirit Lord, as we listen, I pray that the preaching would be mixed with faith with them that heard it. God, I pray in the name of Jesus Christ that you would do an amazing work today in the heart of each person. God, perhaps someone in here is stuck in life. They want to change, but they don't know how. Maybe perhaps someone in here feels like they are okay and they don't need to change. God, regardless of who is listening, I pray that we would grow as a result of what we hear today. God, changing in life can be so frustrating, so difficult. We're often confused. Father, I pray for that person who may not have ever trusted you as their savior. I pray that the gospel would be clear this morning. They would realize their need and they would trust you. And God, for those of us who are saved, I pray that we would more fully understand and accept and believe that your plan for us is to grow. Help me now as I speak. Cleanse me of sin, empty me of self, and fill me with your spirit. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. It's a simple verse. It comes at the end of 2 Peter. It's the very last verse in this book, grow in grace. Now, by God's grace, that's going to continue to fall, by the way. Um, By God's grace, over the next couple of weeks, we're going to do a study of 2 Peter, the whole book. And we'll take it piece by piece. And we'll talk about what does it mean to grow? What does it mean to grow in grace? And what are some things that help us to grow What are some warnings that we should be aware of that will stop us from growing? He says, grow in grace. So we're going to look at two basic points today. What is grace? What is grace? And what is growth? (laughs) Two basic questions. We're going to try to answer these two questions. What is grace? And what is growth? The first question that we're going to address. What is grace? Grace is undeserved favor and it must be accepted like a gift. So it's very important here as we look at this verse and as we think about this topic of growing in grace, God doesn't come to us and say, change. He doesn't come to us and say, be different. He doesn't come to us and say, Don't just do that. He doesn't just come with these hard commands where it seems almost impossible for us to do anything about it. He comes with a simple command here and he says, grow. 
grow. And how do we grow? By what method do we grow? We grow in grace. Grace comes from God. Grace is not self-help. Every year, hundreds of books are written. And they're found in the self-help, version, self, self-help section of the bookstore. You can find them on Amazon. 101 things you can do to change your life. Or how to do this. And it's not necessarily wrong for us to go and look at these things. But we will find when we go to these types of self-help books, we can only help ourselves so much. We can only change ourselves so much. And God comes to us and he says, I want you to grow, but it's important for us first to look at the method by which we grow. We grow by grace. We grow by grace. Before we get into some verses talking about grace, I want you all to look at the pineapple on your table. Okay? Pineapple is a result of it being grown. Otherwise, it wouldn't be sitting there. So when we talk about growing, I want us to think about this. These are seeds. These are popcorn seeds. I don't think these actually produce or grow into an actual corn plant, okay? But it's a seed. Grace is us hearing the word of God. It's the seed of truth that goes inside of our heart and produces fruit. It changes us. Something happens when we hear the message. Now, we can reject it, just like you can throw a seed on the ground, and for some reason it doesn't go in deep enough, and perhaps the environment isn't suitable for it to grow, but there is a choice that happens in our life when we hear God's word. And we're going to look at the starting point of growth for each person. We have to start with grace. We have to receive grace first. It must be accepted as a gift. Now, if you're going to look in your Bible, we can read these. I've got uh, several verses to show you, and a lot of them are on the screen um, because... Today is a busier day, and uh, perhaps you don't have a Bible with you, and that's fine. But it's important to know, first of all, when, it's, when we're talking about grace and growing in grace, it says in 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 3, For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures. Verse number 3, let's stop there just for a moment. When we're talking about grace, we're talking about something that is growing inside of us, meaning that truth that comes into our heart, just like the seed goes into the ground. We hear the truth through our ears and we we take the time to contemplate it. We think about it, okay? And what is it that changes us? What is it that causes us to grow in grace? It's that Christ died for our sins. The very foundation of grace is that something is given to us as a gift. It's not something that we earn. It's not something that we force in and of ourselves. It is something that is given to us by Jesus Christ. 
And Jesus, when he came, he died on the cross for our sins, it says, and that he was buried and that he rose again the third day, according to the scriptures. Now, this is the gospel. This is what we call the gospel. The gospel is the word that means good news. Listen, so many times in life when we think about, I want to change, I want to grow, I want to be somebody different. I want to get past this. I don't want to feel like this anymore. I don't want to be like this anymore. You know, we get to the point when we sit in our sins, our unforgiven sins, that we really begin to, we begin to hate ourselves. We don't want to think the thoughts that we're thinking. Some people, it t- they, they, they live such busy lives in some cases because they just don't want to sit alone with themselves to think the thoughts that come to them. Other people, they don't want to have time to think about what's going to happen in the future. They, so, so many people now in the pandemic are faced for the very first time with real thoughts of death. What is going to happen to me when I die? What is going to happen to me when I die? And, and the possibility, the very real possibility of catching something that could cause you to get sick and in some cases even cause you to die. It is very, very real in our day and time. You guys are fine. Come on in and find yourself a seat. Welcome. We're talking about growing in grace. We're talking about God changing us. So many times, those of us who claim to be Christians, we don't change for a long time because we think that somehow it's something we're supposed to do to ourselves. I'm supposed to learn all these rules. I'm supposed to learn what the Bible says, and I'm supposed to change myself. And yet God commands us grow in grace, but grace begins at the cross. Grace begins at the cross. You guys say that with me. Ready? Grace begins at the cross. One more time. Grace begins at the cross. Where does grace begin? It begins at the cross. What does the cross say? The cross says, as it says in verse number three here, that Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures. Now, we're not going to get into the debate on whether or not sin is a real thing. Of course, sin is a real thing. We've all been sinned against. We even sin against our own self and meaning that we fail ourselves. and sin is nothing more than us failing God in so many different ways with what we say, with our thoughts, even with the things that we do, with the way that we treat other people. I've always treated people right. Come on. No, we don't. Right. I've never failed myself. Well, that's not true. That's that's we're just trying to cover up uh, our own guilt. That's silly. If we failed ourselves, surely we failed God. But here's the wonderful thing about grace. God doesn't look at our failures and step back and say, okay, you need to do something about that. He says, let me do something about it. What a God. That's why we meet together for worship on Sunday, to worship him for what he did for us. What did he do for us? He sent his son to die on the cross for us. He died on the cross. He took our place. We'll see some scriptures about that in just a moment. But it's important for us to know he died. And he died for a reason. The reason was he died for our sin. And he was buried for three days in the ground, dead and buried. And the Bible says that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures, meaning he rose again the third day according to Old Testament scriptures 
prophecies that were written hundreds of years before it happened. You say, well, that's a hoax. It never actually happened. It's interesting that this is written in such a way in in a time period where they could be fact-checked. And we all know what fact-checkers are. And isn't it funny how nowadays it seems like some people even pay their own fact-checkers so it lines up with what they're saying, but it's not really a fact. Right? But they're saying, hey, I want you to fact-check me. Uh, When you're in school and you're doing your math, the teacher always said, show your work. I hated that. Why? Is the answer right or not? Right? Come on, show my work. And then you get into college and you get into the master's level. Cite your source. I don't want to cite a source. I just want you to accept my opinion. Isn't it interesting that in this passage, God is saying, hey, Paul is saying, who wrote this by inspiration of the Holy Spirit, he's saying, look, guys, I'm, just, I'm not just saying, take my opinion, believe my story. He's saying, I'm going to cite my sources. Check it. Now he's saying, Jesus died for our sins, was buried and rose again the third day. And then he gives a list of people that they could check with. Here's some sources. Over 500. He's saying, he was seen of above 500 brethren at once of whom the greater part remain unto this present, but some are fallen asleep, meaning they'd, they'd already died. And he goes on, if we were to look at the rest of the passage, he starts listing out different people. One of which is James, the brother of Jesus, the half-brother of Jesus, who did not believe in Jesus as his brother, as his half-brother, James did not believe in Jesus until he rose from the dead. And he went from being, we've all got family problems. Can we say that? We've all got a little drama. Maybe your drama is a little, maybe it's big. But even Jesus had family drama. Here he is, the son of God, doing miracles. And his brother's like, yeah, I'm not buying it. Until he rose from the dead. And he's like, I mean, come on. (laughs) How can you deny that? Because our family members say stuff sometimes. And it's like, yeah, okay, but I really know you. I really know this guy. I really know this girl. I really know who they are. James is like, yeah, okay, whatever. Yeah, but then he rose from the dead. And it's like, okay, well, now we've got a decision to make. And guys, here's the thing. When it comes to grace and when it comes to growing in grace, we have to accept it as a gift. He died for our sin on the cross. Mark 1.15, Jesus said, and saying the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye and believe the gospel. We have to believe the gospel. Now, it gives us a few interesting verses here. We're going to look at this where it says, well, I believe in God. Or maybe you even say, I'm a Christian. Maybe you say you're religious or you have your own beliefs. It says here, not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my father, which is in heaven. So this is talking about the end judgment. Guys, we accept there's going to be an end judgment. We wouldn't want to live in a country with no justice. Amen. We wouldn't want to live in a country where there's no justice and people can do whatever and there's no, there's no uh, integrity in the policing. 
and they can just do whatever. And maybe some of you have potentially with as many immigrants in the room, by the way, welcome to Canada, you guys. Isn't it nice and cold? We made it nice and cold for you so you could be nice and welcomed. Man, it's so cold outside. Good grief. What's up with this February? I don't know. But look, we, wouldn't, we would not want to live in a country with, without any justice. God is the judge of the world. And we think, well, I don't think that there should be a hell. I don't think that there should be a judgment. You know, that's really a statement from perhaps someone who hasn't really been through a lot of really terrible, terrible things. Because when terrible, terrible things are happening to you or to your family or to your, to your country, and it seems like the wicked can just go on and do whatever they want, genocide, raping, all kinds of stealing, the powerful can do whatever they want, and there's nothing that the weak can do about it. A judgment day is coming. A judgment day is coming. The Bible says we'll all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. You think, well, I want God to get them. And it's like, okay, well, what separates what happens in my heart with what they actually did? Honestly, not a whole lot in God's eyes. Okay, the wages of sin is death, the Bible says. And the awesome news is that Christ died for all. But the fact is, is that some people say, I believe in God. And it even goes on to say, Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name and in thy devils have, in thy name have cast out devils and in thy name done many wonderful works? I'm a really good person. I do wonderful things. I've even maybe even told other people about being good or told other people about God or told other people about Jesus. But he says in Matthew 7, 23, then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. I never knew you. It's not one of these situations where, well, I was a good person and I was saved and I was going to heaven, but I kind of messed up a little bit. And then Jesus kind of said, well, no, that's not for you. No, no, no. He says here, I never knew you, but what's coming out of their mouth? They're saying, Lord, we believe. So where's the separation here? What's going on here? Is Jesus being fickle in the last day? Is he just being like overly judgmental and saying, yeah, nobody's good enough. No, 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 no. Because he goes on, in, the, in, in that first verse, and he says, but he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. What does that mean? What does it mean? If I'm going to grow in grace, I need to accept grace as a gift. But here he's saying, he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. What does that even mean? Thankfully, he does not leave us hanging. He tells us here in 2 Peter 3 and 9, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise. Like politicians. Wherever you stand on politics, that's not the point. We don't talk about politics here. But we all know that many times in order to get elected, politicians will say something and they have no intention of fulfilling it. Or maybe they find themselves in a position where they can't fulfill it. And Jesus is saying here, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise. As some men count slackness, but is long suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish but that all should come to repentance. So when he's saying in the other verse, you haven't done my will, what is his will? His will, his desire is to come to repentance. That's what his will is. You see guys, listen, saying that we believe in God is not enough. 
saying that we're a religious person, or maybe you've got your own beliefs and saying, I'm, I'm okay, I think I'm okay. It's like, look, here's the thing. When we die and we go to heaven and we're standing before God, it's not really going to matter what I think. And it's not going to matter what you think because we're not standing in front of a mirror judging ourselves. We're standing in front of God who sees all and knows all. And we're standing before the God who loved us all so much. Not to give us a plan to work on salvation. He's not giving us a work plan. He's not giving us a job description. He's giving us a gift. There's, thou believest that there is one God? Now do us well. The devils also believe and tremble. I believe in God. Good job. So do the devils. So the devils. Well, I don't know if I believe in, 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 in the evil spirits. There's a lot of evil in this world that just cannot be explained by, by, by human beings alone. There's something, some kind of outside force that is tempting people to do those things. Amen. And say those things. I've spoken to people who uh, claim to be atheists before, and we've had a really nice conversation. And they say, I don't believe in God. And it's like, do you believe in evil? Yeah. Guys, listen, if we believe in evil, we've got to believe that there's a God out there that's big enough to conquer that evil. But thankfully, he doesn't make that my problem. He doesn't make that my job description. He says, I've provided the most powerful and potent thing in all of the world that can change somebody, that can change a heart. You see, God does not get extraordinary uh, uh, joy out of dealing out consequences in people's lives who are sinners now. And as the kind of the common folklore uh, idea of blasting people with thunderbolts, which doesn't ever happen. He gets more pleasure and more joy out of providing this incredible gift that when we accept by faith, it actually changes us. Well, I don't ever see any miracles. I can't believe in a God I can't see. I, you want to believe in a God you can't see? I'd rather have a God so big I can't, I can't possibly understand everything about him. If I can understand everything about him, how can he be God? And how can he forgive me? And how can he change me? The devils also believe in tremble. Grace, Ephesians 2, 8, 9. Ah, these verses are beautiful. For by this, this right here is the good news we've all been waiting for. This is, the good, this, this is what changes the last judgment to good news. This is what changes the... The understanding that we are sinners into good news. This is what changes the tide. This is what absolutely changes everything for the person. It, listen, life is not about self-improvement. Life is not necessarily about improving the community or improving the city or improving this world. Life is about God who sent his son, Jesus Christ, to save us and change us from the inside out. And that is called Grace. Grace is what changes us. What do I have to do? Thankfully, it's not a big long list. It's simply we have to believe in by faith. For by grace are ye saved through faith. And that not of yourselves. You see, grace is not from you. 
It's not from you. Grace is a gift. And it begins at the cross. It's the gift of God, not of works. Not of works. Oh, you think I had a friend of mine, a good friend of mine. It's like, oh, you Christians. Since, 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 since you get saved by grace, you think you're better than everybody? It's a valid question. I mean, it's free. You don't even have to try. It's a valid question. What was the answer to that? No. We're incredibly humbled. We return gratitude for what he did. I mean, to be given a gift as this is not to puff us up and make us feel like we're incredible, but it's that he's incredible. That's what worship is. Wow, you are incredible. There is a redeemer, name above all names. It's for us praising him for what he he did for us. Have you ever done that? Have you ever accepted the gift of salvation? I'm not saying become religious. That does nothing for us. I'm not saying, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change religions. No, no, no. I'm just going to try better and become a better person. No, 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 no. Accept the grace of God that is found in Jesus Christ alone. It's found in Jesus Christ alone. That's what he did for us. Not of works, lest any man should boast. It's not for me to boast. It was a gift. We're saved through faith. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world. For God so loved the world. I, 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 went, on a, uh, I went on an atheist podcast, listening to it. I wasn't on it, but I was listening to an atheist podcast. And they were trying to kind of like make arguments against Christianity. And their argument was, well, if God's so big and God's all powerful and God's so amazing, then let's talk about the pain in this world. Couldn't he stop all that pain? It's a good question. Again, valid question. Causes us all to pause and think. And they had a good discussion, and I'm just listening to it. And it occurred to me, you know, in the Bible, we believe that God created everything from the very beginning. And he made all things good. He said that several times in the creation. He looked at everything, and he said, it's good. It's good. It's good. But then the first man and the first woman, they, they, they made a bad choice. They just simply chose to disobey God. And it completely changed everything for us. And it seems like in that argument, they're, they're taking our free will out of it. Well, if God was good, then everything should be good. Guys, it was. Until we as human beings decided to mess it up. So God's plan Throughout scripture, if you're going to read the whole Bible, what is the whole Bible about? The whole Bible is about redemption. The whole Bible is about God's love presenting his own son as a sacrifice to bring us back from the consequences of our choices that we all made from the very beginning. It's to redeem mankind. It's to redeem humanity. It's to change us. It's to give us a home in heaven. And by the way, in that argument, they seem to forget we have a free choice and we chose wrong. And they also forget that we are tempted by Satan. And that's a whole nother sermon and a whole nother time. But guys, we can't pretend as if just because everything in the world isn't good, that God isn't good. God is good. How do we know he's good? Because he sent his son to die on the cross. And you say, well, 
I don't see it. That's because you haven't believed yet. The Bible says the natural man receives not the things that be of God. If if you've not yet trusted Christ as your savior, you're hearing this and something inside is telling you, man, that's true. It sounds like that's the way it should be. And if you're not there yet, I challenge you to fact check. To fact check what I'm saying. To fact check also to the same degree of criticism what you believe. And you'll find that Christianity far, is far superior than any other belief system. It checks out fact after fact after fact after fact. Having faith in Christ is not a fable that we pretend to believe in. It's based on evidence. It's based on evidence of a good God that loves us. And those of us who have trusted Christ as our Savior, we've accepted the grace as a free gift a moment of belief. Wow. We see it. It's true. He is good. He does save. He does give hope. He does give peace. He can take away those fears. He can bring me to a place where he's not telling me grow, change, do different. No, no. He's coming to me with the message of grace. When it comes to growth, it's based off of grace. And grace begins at the cross. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. What a God. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Not through church, not through baptism, not through rituals, not through human effort, not through trying to be a good person, not through trying to do your best for whatever cause you really believe in. Those are all good things, but that's not how we're justified. That's not how we find ourselves saved. Justified by faith. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we be made the righteousness of God in him. He took our place, guys. He's trying to give us a gift. It's incredible. And that's where growth starts. Growth and grace, that's where it starts. They said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved and thy house, meaning it's for everyone. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart. You see the word over and over again, believe, believe, have faith, have faith. How? Do I I have to believe and then I work and I get it? No, no, no. You believe on the finished work of Christ and you get it. It's by grace. It's not something we earn. It's completely undeserved. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. What an amazing gift God gives us. Growth and grace. We'll study this more in depth next week. I'd ask everybody now to bow your heads, please, and close your eyes. Just listen to a few questions. Certainly not going to ask anybody to speak out or say anything. Just asking you to just listen. Uh, And just, this is a time to be introspective. It's time to think about what was being said. It's a time if you want to make a decision for yourself, it's a personal thing. You can do it right there where you're sitting. Again, nobody worry about me picking on anybody or having them stand up or saying anything. That's not, certainly not something we do here. I'm just asking you to just think about for a moment what we've said.
what God said in his word. Are you saved by grace? We went through a lot of scriptures together. A lot of concepts. I'm guessing maybe for some people it's the first time we've ever seen this. Maybe it's the first time you've heard it. In order to receive the free gift of grace, we have to understand, first of all, we're a sinner. We failed God. Many times the feelings that we're dealing with, if we've never been saved, the feelings we're dealing with, that's a result of that. When we trust Christ as our Savior, we get peace. We get peace with God. doesn't mean everything's going to be perfect. It means there's a stillness inside. And that comes from God. We have peace with God. Scripture says he's the God of all peace. One day, he will give us a new, a new world, and it will be peaceful. It will be beautiful. It will be perfect. But right now, his plan for this time frame in history is to give us peace in our heart. And, that's, and that comes as a result of him forgiving us of our sin. Another word is being born again. Another word is salvation. Another word is redemption. It all means the same thing. Being saved, some people say that as well. You have to accept that you're a sinner. Number two, you've got to accept that Jesus died for your sin. He died for your sin. He was buried. He rose again the third day, according to the scriptures. You have to believe the gospel. You have to believe that he died for your sin. Number three, you have to believe it. You have to believe it for yourself. Simple faith. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You know you could do that right where you're sitting. If you believe that you're a sinner and you believe that religion cannot save you, but that what Jesus did for you on the cross is sufficient for your salvation. It's enough. Right there in your heart, silently. Tell God that. I believe that I'm a sinner. I believe I deserve judgment. I believe that Jesus died on the cross for my sin. Right now, best I know how, I'm asking you to come into my heart and save me. Take away my sin. Give me the peace. If you did that by simple faith, you've received the grace of God. You've received salvation. And I congratulate you. You can share that with me later if you would like to. If you would like more explanation, I'd love to have an appointment with you and sit down. We can have an honest and friendly discussion. But I also want to give you a friendly warning. All the facts check out about Jesus dying on the cross. All the facts check out about him raising from the dead. Scripture is a reliable, a reliable record. 
it is a reliable record of the truth of who Jesus is and what he did and the claims that he made. And one day there's going to be a judgment. And yes, all the horrible, horrible people throughout history are going to stand before the righteous judge and he will judge them. But that means us too. That means us too. You say, well, I'm not a horrible person and I, and I, and I really try to be good. I know and I'm thankful. But in that last day, we're not going to be based on our good or bad. It's going to, we're going to be judged on whether or not we accepted Christ as our Savior. Because in that last day, everything that is hidden will become public. God is holy and righteous, and he cannot just accept unforgiven sinners into heaven to stay with him. It's against his very nature. And it would be an enormous insult to him that he provided his own son as sacrifice and we rejected it. I'm good enough. I'm good enough. Father, I thank you so much for an opportunity, Lord, to speak. Thank you for each person who made it out today. Lord, I'm so thankful for the time that I heard the truth, I wrestled with it. And yet, Father, in your goodness and in your grace, you never gave up on me. And yes, I could have rejected it. But I'm so thankful that I didn't. I pray for each person here listening today that you would help us to learn that growth is based on grace. And grace starts at the cross. God, we need you in these difficult times. Many people struggle in life. They have no peace. They can't sleep. They feel tormented in their minds. Some people explain it in spiritual ways, others in a more natural way. God, I pray for those who have not yet trusted you as, their, as your, their savior, that you would help them, bring them to that point. They recognize the truth of the gospel. Help us as believers to understand the cross is the starting point of grace. Lord, help us this year to grow in ways way past what we thought we could because of your goodness and your grace. We love you. Thank you for this time together. In Jesus' name, amen. Guys, thanks so much for your kind attention. So what we'll do is we'll just sing a really quick chorus that we're familiar with. And after this chorus, then we can get ready for the meal. We've got the room for plenty of time. Uh, so those who brought things can go downstairs to the kitchen and grab them, heat them up. We've got a little bit of time. So there's going to be a little intermission after this. Washrooms are right here. There's washrooms on every level of Swansea Town Hall. Uh, there's three levels, so uh, if someone's in the washroom, there's plenty of washrooms in the building. And if you have any questions, please let me know. Guys, thanks so much for coming today. I don't know if I'll be able to say that again uh, before everybody starts milling around, but you guys look incredible too. Those of you guys that did the whole tropical theme, that's incredible. Um, I don't know how I got green, but I was hoping for something a little brighter than that. But anyway, fantastic. Let's sing this chorus together. God is good, ready? God is good and God is right. 
God is good both day and night. He's always good, so never fear. He's always right and always near. We are dismissed. Thank you, guys. And again, we'll go ahead and, and set up for the, for the meal. After we get everything say up, uh, set up, we'll have a quick prayer, and then we'll go ahead and, and eat, okay? You're going to go grab it? I will. Yep.